If you would, please turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 13. Deuteronomy chapter 13. This being uh, the Baptist Heritage Week, um, I'm going to quote a pastor, the Scottish pastor, Baptist pastor, evangelist named Oswald Chambers. Um, He says, there is only one relationship that matters, and that is your personal relationship to a personal Redeemer and Lord. Let everything else go, but maintain that at all cost, and God will fulfill his purpose through your life. This includes meeting the needs of your heart. One individual life may be the priceless value, may be of priceless value to God's purposes, and yours may be that life. And this morning, I just want to talk to you about walking with God day by day. There are so many times that we are, the world is all around us. The noise of the world is all around us. It's confusing us. It's, it's just, it's inundating us all the time. And I just want to talk about walking with God day by day. <clears throat> God has a purpose and a plan for our lives. And he, and he does not want us to live empty, vain lives. So in Deuteronomy chapter 13, it says, uh, starting in verse 1, if there be, if there arise among you any prophet or dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known, and let us serve them, thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet, or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And ye shall walk after God, after the Lord your God, and fear him, and keep his commandments, and obey his voice, and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, in, verse, in verse 3 it says, to prove whether you love the Lord your God with all of your hearts. God wants to prove us. He wants to know if we're going to continue to serve him. A lot of times we'll go through hard times or hard things, and sometimes that's just God saying, do you really love me? Do you really, are you really seeking me? Do you really want me in your life? Or are you satisfied with everything that you have and that you can do it on your own? And we can't. And I've realized that in my own life. We can't. Um, In verse, verse 4, it says, Ye shall walk after the Lord. So there's six things I want to go over this morning on how to walk with the Lord. Number one is walking with the Lord or following after the Lord. This is something that we all have to do. We have to get up and we have to walk with Him. Sometimes my um, mom or sisters might go on a walk or whatever, and a lot of times I'll join them. And we'll walk, we'll talk, we're, we're having a wonderful time, we're in each other's company. That's what God wants with us each day, to walk with him, to look unto him, to keep our lives in sync with him. And he wants us to be with him at all times. Um, in Genesis 5, uh, 5.27 says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Enoch had to walk with God and follow God with all of his heart, something that all of us need to do too. We need to follow God with all of our heart. It's not, this is not something that we're not on this earth for ourselves. We're on this earth to serve the Lord and praise the Lord and give him everything we have. Um, this is what God desires in our life. So number one, walk with God. Number two, fear him. Oswald Chambers says, again, The remarkable thing about God 
is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. We need to fear the Lord because if we fear the Lord, like Oswald Chambers was, was saying, that we will not fear anything else because God is all-powerful. And uh, just an example, Moses, when he... Um, sorry, not Moses. Um, um, Noah, sorry. <laughs> when Noah was building the ark, when God told him that a flood was coming, he feared the Lord. And, and it wasn't a fear like uh, of he, that he had done wrong. It was, a, it was a fear that I believe God and I believe that he will do this. And that fear produced the work that he did, and he did that great work, and he trusted God through that. 120 years he built the ark. That takes great faith. And so that is the kind of fear of the Lord that we need to have, knowing that what God says in his word, he will do. And what he promises in his word, those promises we can claim. So the second thing was fear of the Lord. There are so many blessings in having the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 14:26 says, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. We can have confidence in God when we are fearing him. Um, so number two was fear the Lord. Number three is keep his commandments. First John 5, 2 through 3 says, By this we know that we love the children of God. When we love God and keep his commandments, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. God has given us things that he desires for us to do each day. God has given us his word that he wants us to be in, to study, to follow after him, because that, that is his letter to us. That is what he has given so that we might be full and filled in Christ. And he, has, he wants us to follow after him. I'm going to turn real quickly to Psalm 119, 127, if you want to turn there. or you don't have to. It says, Therefore I love thy commandments, above gold, yea, above fine gold. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. To love God's commandments, to love what he has given to us, because he has given us so much, way more, more way more than we deserve. We don't deserve anything, but he has given us that, and we just need to keep his commandments. Number four is obey his voice. 1 Samuel 15, 22, this is when Saul was commanded to go and destroy the nation of, um, forgetting exactly what nation it was, but he was, he was told to go and destroy this nation, and yet he kept the sheep and the best things because he said, well, then I can do offerings and sacrifices to the Lord. And Samuel says um, in verse in first Samuel fifteen twenty two, and Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than to sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. Obeying his voice. Sam Saul didn't learn how to obey God's voice, and there were great consequences for that, and we see that in Scripture. But we need to be listen. The, the only way we can obey God's voice is if we're listening for God's voice. We have to be listening. We have to take that time. <clears throat> Psalm um, 46.10 says, Be still 
and know that I am God. God wants us to be still, to not be distracted by the things of this world because so that we can hear his voice. And when we hear his voice, then we will do the things that he has for us to do. And if we do the things that he has for us to do, that is what his purpose and plan for our lives is. Um, sometimes we just need to wait, hear God, listen to him, and then we move on to the number five, and that is to serve him. Joshua 24, 15. <clears throat> if you would all turn there real quick. Joshua 24, 15. This is Joshua when he's speaking to the children of Israel at the end of his life. <clears throat> and he's had quite the journey with them through a lot of battles, through many uh, temptations and trials. And he's saying to them, um, starting in verse um, 14, now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served in the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose ye this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your father served on, uh, that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so when we're serving God, this, this saying is very common. Uh, a lot of people have it in their houses. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But who are we going to choose? Day by day, are we going to choose to serve the Lord or are we going to choose to serve ourselves? It's a daily choice. It's a moment by moment choice, really. And a lot of times we forget. We forget what, what has been done. And we, we just go and, and choose to serve ourselves or to serve what we desire. But God desires for us to serve the Lord. And Joshua made that decision by saying, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So serving God is the most amazing thing that we can ever do. And it's the most exciting thing that we can ever do. Many people, um, it's a great reminder. And something we should always ask ourselves is, will we serve the Lord? Um, all through scripture, the Lord gives men opportunities to serve him, to obey him. God doesn't force us to serve him. God doesn't force us to obey him. But for instance, Adam and Eve had a choice to either serve God or be their own masters. And they chose their own masters and we see the consequences of that. It's, it's a consequence when we do not serve God like we're supposed to, like God commands us to. But he leaves the choice up to us. Abraham was called out of God and he chose to serve the Lord. Joseph, Moses, Joshua, Samuel, David, so many others, they all chose to serve the Lord. And that was because they realized that God was so much greater than them, that God had a bigger plan and a bigger desire and for their lives. And they realized that of themselves, they couldn't do anything. Um, so what is our choice? Whatever man depends upon... Um, Another great Baptist preacher, sorry, I'm going to read a quote here. Another great Baptist preacher is Charles Spurgeon. Whatever a man depends upon, whatever rules his mind, whatever governs his affections, whether it is the chief object of his delight, is his God. Charles Spurgeon was saying there, basically, what are you setting your affections on? Whatever your, your mind thinks about all the time, what do you think about every day? What is your moment-by-moment -moment thought process like? What, what is that? And if it's not on God, if it's not on things of God, then that other thing really is, is taking that place of God. 
we need to give our minds wholly over unto the Lord. And that's something that, that the Lord has definitely been speaking to me about, is giving our minds to Christ. Um, God wants us to serve him with all of our hearts. Psalm 102 says, serve the Lord with gladness. We can do it with joy. Uh, serving, serving God with gladness. Uh, not only are we to serve the Lord, but we're to do it with joy and fullness of joy. Because in serving, that, that will, that is just joyful in serving Christ because he is a great master. Um, number six is cleave unto him. Acts eleven twenty two to 23. <clears throat> says, The tidings of things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, that with the purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. We need a purpose to cleave unto the Lord. This New Testament church, something amazing about them is they were, let's just say, first-generation Christians. They were on fire. They were excited about what God was doing in their lives. And a lot of times, I was reading this article uh, actually this morning, a lot of times we allow um, the familiarity of our Christianity to get in the way. And we're, we're too familiar with it. We're too comfortable in it. We do our little thing. But we're, we've lost the fire. We've lost what God has given to us and what he is doing in our lives. Like these first-generation Christians, they, they had something new, something exciting, and they were excited about it. And they went out and they preached the gospel. And the tidings of things came to our ears. They're hearing things all over of what God is doing. And God can do the same thing today. It's just we've, a lot of times we've forgotten or we've just kind of lost that excitement of it. Um, we've lost the excitement of what God is doing. And it's amazing what God is doing. Even in this country now, we, we might not always see it. Um, there's some missionaries in Ukraine that um, they had to flee. They had a Bible printing ministry there. And God was using them. They just had finished the New Testament. And right now they're in um, another country. And my mom was able actually to talk to them the other day. And they, the... They were saying that they are getting so many calls all over from people asking for Bibles, all the refugee camps, everything. And what's amazing about that is that what what looked like a disaster, like their ministry had been ruined, what actually their ministry is going even further than they ever could have imagined. So um, when when we are serving the Lord. He will make all things right, and he will use those things in our lives. So number six is cleave unto him. The ti- um, Actually, that's the one we're already on. I'm sorry. Um, we must purpose to cleave unto the Lord. So as we cleave unto the Lord, he will work that in our lives. Jacob, when he wrestled, he cleaved unto the Lord. And he said, uh, the angel said, um, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go. Jacob said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. Jacob would not let go. We need to cling to Christ. We need to not let Christ go. We need to allow him, just really just grab a hold of him and not, not, be, not let him go just like, oh, you know, he's, he's just passing by and we're not, we're not going to deal with him. But we need to deal with him every day and cling to him. Charles Spurgeon said, I would to God that saints would cling to Christ half as earnestly as sinners cling to the devil. If we were willing to suffer for God, as some 
are to suffer for their lusts, what perseverance and zeal would be seen on all sides. When I read that, that really pierced my heart. Because what, what are we... We're, we should cling to Christ just as much as the world is clinging to their desires, their things that they want to do, clinging to Satan. If we had the same zeal and passion that the world has for the worldly things, it, it would totally change. I know it would totally change my life, and it would totally change all of our lives. Um, I want to read a quick story here of a man who on September 18, 1860, the, team ship, the steamship Lady Eglon collided with a schooner, Augusta, in the waters of Lake Michigan near Walkertown, Illinois. The Lady Eglon was carrying more than 300 passengers and crew on a round-trip sightseeing tour from Milwaukee to Chicago. Its return trip was never completed. The captain, not realizing how badly the ship <clears throat> was weakened, um, continued toward Mil Milwaukee in the dark. About a half hour later, the heavy boilers and steam engine broke through the weakened hull and the ship quickly tore apart. Most of the passengers and crew died. Only a handful rest reached the lifeboats. Just when the Lady Aglon took her final plunge, the captain recalled a heavy wave took off the upper works and the cabin floated and several hundred people got into this. An experienced swimmer and student lifeguard, Edward Spencer, had a rope tied to his body. And time after time, he swam out, he sw I think he swam out about 17 times, and he brought people back and brought people back. And that night when he was in the infirmary, he kept asking his fellow students, it was recorded anyway, that he asked his fellow students, have I done my best? Did I do my best? Although he tried to resume his studies, he couldn't. It messed him up physically, mentally, and he wasn't able to complete it. His fame went all over. They had it in the newspaper, but he really wasn't wanting that for himself. He is honored by a plaque in the gymnasium of the Northwest University. But there are a couple sad parts to this, and that is one of them is he was confined to a wheelchair for the rest of his life. But I think the saddest thing was that no one ever came back and said thank you to him. And he said that with later in his life as someone was interviewing him. So although he did rescue them, and the thing that, that hurt him the most was hearing the, the, seeing the faces and hearing the people that he could not reach crying out for help. And how many people do we come in contact every day that do not know Christ, that are dying, that are sinking, that we ha are not reaching out to give them the lifeline? And that really convicted me. In 1924, um, Edwin Young heard Spencer's story and published a song that draws a spiritual lesson from the incident. Young served as dean of the School of Music at uh, Hardham Summons University, which was founded as, um, as Abilene Baptist College in Texas. His song raises the penetrating question, I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus? And the song goes, I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus, who died upon the cruel tree, to think of his great sacrifice at Calvary. I know my Lord expects the best from me. The hours that have wasted are so many. The hours I've spent for Christ, so few. I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus when he has done so much for me? I wonder, have I cared enough for others, or have I let them die alone? I might have helped a wanderer to the Savior, 
to the seed of precious life I might have sown. No longer will I stay within the valley. I'll climb to mountain heights above. The world is dying now for want of someone to tell them of the Savior's matchless love. These six things I was telling you today are things that we can apply in our lives so that God can help us to live the life that God wants us to live so that we can do our best for Jesus. Have we done our best for Jesus? Will we give our best for Jesus? God wants to use us, to use you, to use me for his glory. So um, may God work in our lives and use us in amazing ways that we can't even comprehend. And God will. And God will use us. And I just want to thank him for all that he's done.